Hello and welcome to the RevOps Show. Tech debt has been a big conversation topic lately. And when I say tech debt, I'm not talking about technology debt, I'm talking about technical debt. And it's something everyone has to a certain degree. You'll get a lot of insight from Doug and Jess on defining tech debt, what it looks like, and ways to mitigate it. So with that being said, let's get into this episode. Jess. Doug. Jess. Jess. Doug. Doug. Do you know what today is? The last business day before we go to Inbound? <laughs> Jess, I have to tell you something right now. I'm what? actually very worried about you. <laughs> Why? That exactly. That is exactly <laughs> what I was getting at. I mean, wow. word for word. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about me too. I, this can't be healthy for you, Jess. No, not at all. I've been here too long. I think, I think you were a much happier, more well-adjusted person when you would have a- answered the question Friday. You know what? You know what? I think I need. I think I need to go on a sabbatical to rest and rejuvenate. But wait, I thought that's what the RevOps show was. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the RevOps show was rejuvenation. This is- this is my we oh this oh rejuvenation. I was gonna say is this my weekly sabbatical? Is that what this is? <laughs> well, I mean, Jess, at at Lyft every week is a sabbatical. Clearly, yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Every day's a holiday. Every day every is a day's, holiday. Every day's like walking through a meadow of lilies. A meadow of lilies, exactly. Yep, exactly. Or or even just chilling out <laughs> in a meadow of lilies. Mm-hmm. It's like having a picnic. So it is the last business day mm-hmm. before you and I actually, we're not even going to inbound on a business day. We aren't. Nope. We're going on a holiday because it takes me. I can me barely a... contain my excitement. I, 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 I just <laughs> I have can to tell. I, I, I've got, I I'm, I'm studying up, loading up on dad jokes for you. Got to get through a whole week. Look forward to it. But I've been thinking. Uh Uh-huh. Are you getting nervous? I am a little bit. (laughs) I'm always nervous when you start with I've been thinking. Would you agree that music plays an important role at Lyft? Yes, I would agree with that. Right, right. I mean, what what percentage of things that I say – would would you say fall into the category of I'm just quoting song lyrics, some random song? Oh, lyrics. on a on a good day, it's like thirty forty percent. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm my my goal is to keep it under fifty percent. So yeah, I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that I'm doing that. We <laughs> we open up all team meetings with with walk up song. We do. Right. So it got me thinking, and I don't have yeah. an answer for this. So I'm relying on you. <laughs> oh boy. What. What song is the, what, what's the walk-up song for Inbound? <laughs> it's the Muppets music, obviously. <laughs> it's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, this is the walk-up song? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. as we, as we cross the sky bridge, like you got to time it. So as we ca- cross the, the sky bridge, it's, it's crescendoing. See? <laughs> it's not. It's not lose yourself. 
No, I don't think it's lose yourself. <laughs> it's not all I do is win. I I was avoiding that one like the plague because you've been on a tear with that one this week. Um, so no, it is not that one. <laughs> um, it's not paranoia. Paranoia. Everyone's coming to get me. No. They cut off my legs. For now you, for you, for you, it might be, might be you, for okay. you, not for the rest of us. You know, that's what's missing from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is a really good, strong beat song. That would be, that would probably be my, uh, <laughs> that would be my music, I think. I think that would be wow. my song. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I noticed you're saying, wow, you're not disagreeing. I've noticed that. I'm, I'm picking up, you're not disagreeing on that. Not at all. Not at all. I just don't know how we got to one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> I'm kind of amazed. I know. By I guess. That. I guess it was paranoia. By the way, that was uh, flagpole sitter by uh, Harvey Danger. For anyone who's wondering, um, I guess because as I was saying paranoia, you were saying for you. Yeah, for so you. Paranoia connected to crazy, connected to institutionalized, connected to one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right. Is that not is that not obvious? Like, was that really a, that much of a leap? And this, everyone, is what I'm dealing with on a daily basis. This is this is Doug's brain in a nutshell. <laughs> Alrighty, Jess. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about tech debt. Tech debt. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about tech debt? Of all the topics that we could talk about on the last business day before <laughs> inbound. I do. I want to talk about tech debt. We're going to inbound. Debt. I want to talk about tech debt before we go to inbound. Um, well, let, let's, let's talk about it. Okay. So what is tech debt? I don't know. I thought you were going to tell me. <laughs> um, so tech debt is a metaphor. Believe it or not, Jess, I actually did a little bit of research before the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I wanted to make sure that I, uh, didn't say anything that conflicted too much with um, what's out there, or and if I did, I would at least wa- I at least wanted to know it. Um, so, tech debt's a metaphor, and I, I thought this was well stated by by one of the sources I looked at. Um, as with any metaphor, its actual definition is somewhat ambiguous and can kind of mean what various people want it to mean. The way the way I treat and the way I think about tech tech debt, which by the way, just so everybody knows. Um, Tech debt stands for technical debt, um, though its primary application, and I think a lot of people actually confuse tech debt. They think it actually stands for technology debt, um, which, which is a reasonable conclusion because it it basically relates to technology. So what is tech debt? Well, first off, and I know you're wondering this, tech debt is a word that was coined by Ward Cunningham. Computer program. Does that answer right? your your it does slack uh we we solved emoji yeah it does so uh ward cunningham was also one of the original authors of the agile manifesto Mm -hmm. so um so tech debt also known as design debt code debt um is typically used in technology space and it refers to basically anything that that relates to a limitation by something that happened previously. It could be a bug, could be legacy code, missing documentation. A lot of times, um, and where it's used acutely is making the decision to do something fast 
hey, we can get this into place real fast, but you know, that that could lead to tech debt. Part of the part of the idea behind that is, you know, if you wanted to save up your money and build, you know, to buy something in the future, you'd have to wait a long time. Or you could borrow money, you could take on debt and you could buy it now. So it it's the it's the limitations, the known and unknown consequences, uh, the the known and unknown negative consequences of decisions made about technology today that that will have an impact tomorrow. Now, for me, I actually think of tech debt on a much broader sense. Um, I think of tech debt as, so I guess I should explain. I think everything is technology. What do you mean by that? So what I mean by that is everything (laughs) that we know is technology. Can you expand on Um, that? (laughs) So, you know, I'll, I'll, you, you know, the crossing the chasm to me is one of the seminal books in business. We, we exist today in the way that we are because I read crossing the chasm in like 1992, 1993. And the thing that was interesting about me reading it and, and, and the application of it is I was not in a quote unquote technology industry. I was in the travel industry. I was, consulting mm-hmm. travel agencies, right? We were selling services, to travel agencies. Yeah. Um, there, there was no internet. Um, you, let me tell you one thing is you, you would never refer to a travel agency as an early adopter of anything. Um, right. Yeah. Though, though what I will say is early adopter, the, the early adopter phase is all relative. As I was reading the book, you know, it, it, it gets talked about as applying to technology, but, but a, what they're really saying when they say technology is high technology, right? Digital technology. But, but think about this. A pencil is a technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there was a time that the only way you could write was with rocks. You would have to grind rocks into a cave wall or something somewhere, right? So, so when you went to a pencil, that was a technology. Right. I, I also believe like, you know, you know the the famous joke about you know the problem with spending at NASA, right? Na- Na- NASA spent hundreds of millions of dollars to invent a pen that writes upside down in space. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the Russians used a pencil. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, <clears throat> that's not really true, but it's still funny. <laughs> but 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 there's also a very instructive lesson in that. You know, sometimes the right decision is not to add the new technology sometimes. So anytime you do something that is different, Mm -hmm. you, that is technology. That is, that is a methodology. That is a new methodology. And there is a risk associated to that there. Whenever you do something different, um, things change. So anytime you make a decision, every decision I make today is going to have an impact on, on what happens tomorrow and what happens in the future. By the way, Every decision I don't make today is also going to have an impact, right? Yep. So not deciding is deciding, right? It's, it's, not an, it's not necessarily an act of deciding, but it is, wasn't it last? I can't remember which week we talked. We, we talked to, oh, we, it, was, yeah, it was last week. We were talking about behavioral economics on, um, and decisions, right? That's yep. why it's all still fresh. So, so making a decision, not making a decision, it's like if you don't make a decision, you haven't gotten out of tech debt. Right. Right. Not preventing tech debt. So any any decision, like the any decision, any action, any or any inaction 
that has a negative impact to, to slow something down, um, not in a good way, mm-hmm. or to increase costs is, is a version of tech debt. And so it is something that, that we should be thinking about is, okay, well, if I make this decision today, what, what does that do to me tomorrow? What does that do to me a year from now? And so on. So that, to me, that's what tech debt is, is, is the limitations that are created by previous decisions, actions, indecisions, inactions. Okay. So no deci- like if, even if you make no decision, you have tech debt. So it's not avoidable, tech debt. There's no way to avoid it. No. I mean, I guess there's one way to avoid it. And, and that's just to not... Um, just don't ever do anything different than you're doing today. Well, even then you might still have tech debt, wouldn't you? How so? Well, so if, if you don't do anything other than what you're doing today, you may still have tech debt with what you're doing today. And so that doesn't necessarily avoid it. No, I don't, I I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you might, you'll probably be out of business (laughs) or out of a job, which means you have even less tech debt. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so, I mean, the only way you can avoid tech debt is just spend your entire life sitting on the couch and don't move. Yeah. Okay. It's fair. So as long as, as long as there's no movement. Yeah. As long as there's no change, there's no tech debt. So yes, tech debt is, tech debt is part of the process. And so, so by the way, trying to avoid tech debt and I, and I hear mm-hmm. it all the time, well, we really want to avoid tech debt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like saying, well, we really want to guarantee success. Yeah, I, I, we really want to guarantee that we're going to. Yes, I, I'd like that too. Um, un, un, unfortunately, you can't do it legally on something that matters. Um, so yeah, it 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 is a. I mean, it, it it's part of managing complex ecosystems. And by the way, that this is. Um, I mean, this is such a core RevOps topic that. Um, I mean, I. I might go so far as to say that, that the reason RevOps exists, the reason that there is like, and the reason that it is different than just combining different roles together is about considering managing and mitigating tech debt. And so is, is, is tech debt necessarily a bad thing? So it's inevitable, but is it, is it a bad thing? So I, I don't like to call things that, that, are mm-hmm. bad. I mean, I'm going to get, you know, it's the last business day before inbound. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit punchy right now. Yep. Is, is death bad? <laughs> I'm not saying tech that is equal to death, but right. You know, um, I'm working really hard to avoid it. Yeah. Death that is right. Um, so it, it is, so I don't think of it as bad. I mean, let's put it this way. It, tech debt is certainly not good. Right. Oh, you know, here, here's, here's the thing that's interesting. Um, I mean, so net net it is, it is bad. Um, but if you, cause I mean, it's a limitation, right? Yep. But, but I don't like to think of it as bad in the judgmental sense of bad because limitations and constraints are, are, are also the, the raw material of, of innovations and transformations. Yep. I mean, the whole fundamental idea of creative destruction is built on the idea of tech debt. 
What do you mean? Something comes into being, serves its purpose. Something new gets created. Well, why create something mm-hmm. new if if there's not a limitation on what you have? So so that constraint, that tech, like if I never had tech, okay, up, I see what you're then, saying. Then then I'd never have any reason to do anything different. So, so tech debt is something, you know, Jess, it's like Steph Curry. Do you know who's the basketball player? Yes. Basketball basketball player. player. You can't stop them. The best you can do is control. So, so tech debt is something to be managed. Mm -hmm. And, and, and look, trying to avoid tech debt. Again, the only way you avoid tech debt is to not do anything. Right. There, there's actually, you know, as you get deep into the material around tech debt, there, there's two types of tech debt. There's planned tech debt and unplanned tech debt, right? So, so there are decisions that we make today because we can do something quick that we know won't stand up. Right. Right. Um, you know, I told you a story when we were, when we were preparing for this. Mm-hmm. Um, our... Our um, athletic association that my son and daughter were playing in, the uh, baseball commissioner decided to have one of the fields um, astroturf, artificial turf. They put artificial. Now, shockingly, it was for the age group that his kids played. I I was very, I was blown away. Who would have ever thought that? Um, And of course, you know, he made the whole argument, you know, it's going to reduce rain delays. Well, uh, no, 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 no. Right. Oh, we also talked about how it's going to lower maintenance costs. Right. But what they never took into account was the fact that once you put artificial turf down, artificial turf has a, has a lifespan. It's roughly 10 to 15 years. Well, if, uh, like 11 years later, there was a problem. There was a budget shortfall because they couldn't afford to replace. They had to do yeah. a special raise or something to replace because they didn't plan for it. Right. Now that was right. something that was totally planned. Right. And, and look, I wouldn't have put artificial turf on the field that he put it on, but right. there's nothing wrong with putting artificial turf, mm-hmm. but, but you've got to plan for that. Right. Right. Um, you know, another form of tech debt is obsolescence, right? This, this solution, this approach is only going to, is only going to work for so long. Right. right. If we wait until it's not working, you know, then that's a problem. So, right. So, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, you've got to, you've got to manage tech debt. You've got to consider tech debt, but yeah, it's not like, you know, I hear a whole bunch of people when, you know, back when we were working with smaller companies, you know, they're doing $1.5 million in revenue. We're talking about something like, yeah, but that won't really work when we're, when we're, when we're a $50 million company. Yeah. And I was like, well, there's a whole bunch of shit that won't work when you're a $50 million company. What the fuck does that have to do with the conversation? Right. And I, and actually, I, I mean, I think you were there when I said to a couple of them, not for nothing, we got to be a $5 million company before right. yep. we worry about what's going to limit us to be a $50 million company. And, yep. and, and one of the other points that I would make to him was what works at a $50 million company doesn't work at $1.5 million. Right. Yep. So you're, you're so worried about prevent, like what's going to cause you to not get to 50. You're preventing yourself from getting to five. Right. Yeah. Yep. And oh, by the way, when you're at five between both the size the issues that you're dealing with and, and the time that it's going to take, you have no idea what, what you're going to need to do or not need to do. Yeah. Yep. So how do you, how do you, 
measure, calculate te tech debt? How do you get, I guess I want to say more gauge your tech debt. Cause what we're talking about is not always just financial, but so how do you, how you know, do you analyze your tech debt? So I'm sure that I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that there are organizations that actually, and I'm sure someone has come up with a calculation to put a financial figure on tech debt. Mm -hmm. um, and, and especially as it relates to it, that probably matters mm -hmm. in some way. I, I don't think of it as, as financial. And, and, and I mean, the problem with measuring it, thinking about it from a financial context is I don't think you can really measure it because you can't measure te tech debt's not absolute. Tech debt is relative. Yep. Right. It, yeah. you know, so, so let's say we come out with code that's buggy. That's tech debt. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would we have to have done differently to, to not have had buggy code? Yeah. What would that have cost? So, so the, the cost of tech debt, mm -hmm. right. You know, Barracuda comes out with their firewall. There's bugs in it, but they're they come out at the right time in the right place. What if they had, what if they had waited a little bit, cleaned everything up a hundred percent? Well, someone else would have come in at the right time. They wouldn't have had the positions they would have. It, it would have cost them billions of dollars more. So, so the question that I would ask is, what when you say how do you analyze tech debt? I would say, well, what what are you what are you trying to accomplish? What's, what's the, what's the job that we're trying to do here? What's the problem that you're trying to solve? What are you trying to get at by, by analyzing tech debt? Okay. Um, again, tech debt is, I, I, I think what you want to be looking at, uh, and again, anything, you know, if uh, we're, we're talking about the broader element of tech debt here, cause that's the RevOps issue. Right. I, I don't think that RevOps should be, you know, yelling at their dev team, that this is, you know, we're going to have this or that tech debt. I think that's DevOps. That's right. what DevOps is about. Mm -hmm. But um, so, I mean, I, you, you could kind of say any unwanted friction mm -hmm. is, is a manifestation of tech debt. Um, I, I, I think, I mean, this is why strategy is so important. So, so where tech debt becomes debilitating is, is when you don't have, when you don't have clear strategy, when you don't have like, and again, if you're confusing a plan with strategy, you don't have clear strategy. Right. If, if, if there's not a diagnosis of the problem, if there's not a guiding policy, mm -hmm. then, then you're going to have lots of tech debt because you're not going to have any, you don't, you don't have any constraints for which to consider something. I, I, I think what, when you're analyzing your tech debt, it's, Okay, where are we? Where do we need to be? What's our barrier? What what's preventing? Um, I, I I think you also have to get to a place. You also have to think about. Um, you know, I, I I think good enough comes in. You know, good good enough has a lot to do with this. Um, I mean, just because you have tech debt doesn't mean you should do anything about it. Yeah. Right. Um, I think you have to. I mean, you know, two of our key, key principles about radical execution come to play here. The juice has to be worth a squeeze. Yep. Um, and you've got to consider opportunity costs. Mm -hmm. So you also have to be really careful. I think another place where I think that, that you get yourself into trouble with tech debt 
is mm-hmm. when you're always shooting for the solution. See, that's what I do here, Jess, is I say things that cause people to go, huh? Yeah, yeah. For those that didn't, that aren't watching, I, I just had a, what? So, so what do you mean by that? So, so, you, so you have two problems. One thing that mm-hmm. I've noticed is, and, I, and, and especially companies, I mean, there's one that I'm thinking about right now. Holy cow. I mean, their tech debt, their tech debt is almost like instantaneous. They do this, that creates that problem. So then they go and fix that, yeah. which creates, right. Yep. Um, by the way, we see that we see that with uh, with people that are struggling with CRM implementation. Oh no, no, this person is getting upset. We've got to fix that. So then, then yeah. And 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 what's the underlying cause of that? They never made a decision about what the approach is supposed to be. Again, they never right. made the trade off decisions. They didn't build. They, they didn't create the constraint. They didn't really define how is this supposed to work. And and so they're trying to get adoption of technology rather than an adoption of business process. Yep. Um, so. One thing that happens is there's a very strong tendency that you're actually defining it by the perceived, by, by what you think the problem is, or, or actually, let me say it better. You're defining it by the symptom. Mm-hmm. So you're defining your, your fix by the symptom. But here's the other thing. If I want something that doesn't exist right now, do I, or does anyone know what I need to do to get that? No, because it doesn't exist. Right. So, you know, to I don't mean to quote Donald Rumsfeld here, but there's the known knowns, the known unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. Right. Right. And so you get tech debt when you don't account for the unknown unknowns. And and then yeah. even more so, the known knowns that are actually unknowns unknown that is mark twain i'll say it simpler mark twain said it better it ain't what you don't know that hurts you it's what you think you know that ain't so right right so you're bringing all kinds of assumptions into into this you're then putting it into action if people are involved here's what i can tell you they're going to do shit that you didn't expect some of it's going to be good some of it's not going to be good other things are going to change. Like, you know, you can, you can build to the solution if you're in a closed linear system, but you cannot build to the solution if you're in a complex, open, yep. or adaptive system, right? And, and so this yep. is why I've, I've really come and we've really come to talk about, I've actually become very much, like, I like the idea of MVP less and less every day. I really do. In I know. some places I'm... it might be fine, but I like it less and less every day. And, and, and the reason is I, I actually like it more. I like thinking about it more from the standpoint of completes, levels of complete. Yep. Right. Now, when it's done properly, there's no difference between level of complete and, and MVP. Right. But what's the level of complete? Right. So and, and, and that's what system design is. System design is all about iterative elements and and approaches and testing. There are times where pilots make sense. We had a great episode on why pilots don't work. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of times, so you know, we're we've got a team of five hundred and seventy-five salespeople. We've got a team of thirty-seven salespeople. Okay, let's pilot this with five salespeople. Let's pilot it with fifty salespeople. Well, do we know what's working? Like, cause, and again, as a reminder, pilots tend to be more vertical rather than horizontal. Right. Right. So when we're dealing with change horizontal completeness is important to understand what's going on 
and move to the next step and move to the next step and move to the next step. And that's what agile is. And it, you know, it's no surprise that, that a, a creator of agile is, is the person who created the term, you know, who coined the term tech debt, right? Every, mm-hmm. every sprint is a complete cycle. Yep. Right. Yep. Let, let's get this to complete. Doesn't mean we're, we're shipping it. Doesn't mean we're selling it. It means, okay, this is the level of complete. And then you can go in and see, okay, wait, does this interact with everything the way we thought it was going to interact? What, yep. what happens when, you know, what, what happens that we didn't expect? So when you go into a situation acknowledging that and understanding that you don't know what's going to happen, you can actually mitigate that problem. It's actually my brother who taught me that, who did, you know, he does advanced pricing. And, and I was a financial advisor at the time. And if you think about it, if, I, if I'm advising you on your investments, in, esc- in essence, what you're asking me to do is to predict the future. Right. And the more that I predicted the future, you know what I learned? You know what I finally came to understand? It's impossible to predict the future. I'm not very good at predicting the future. <laughs> and, and, and neither is anyone else at predicting the future. And, and I actually, I ended up doing some really, really good things. And, and my clients were, were very happy because I actually came to understand, I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Yep. My, my job is to prepare for what are our likely scenarios? What's our plan when things happen? What are we doing? How do we stay agile? Yep. Right. And, and so that's how, you know, we look at it and, and I think when, so when we talk about analyzing tech debt, I think what we're doing is we're analyzing our business processes. We're analyzing, um, we're analyzing points of friction. We're analyzing where's value being created. We're, we're doing constraint analysis. We're, we're thinking about, um, you know, what, 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 what's the outcome? What's the situation? What's changed? By the way, what's changed that we didn't expect was going to change? Yep. What did we learn? What did we learn that we're surprised by? What, what are we seeing that, that, that that's causing us to be curious? Like, I, so I think that like the best way to increase the, the negative impact of, of tech debt, look at your situation and, and with, with the intent of finding the answers, want to mitigate tech debt, look at your situation from a perspective of curiosity. What questions does it make me ask? What's that next step? How can we go far enough that it'll mean something, but not so far that it puts us into a place where we we can't turn back? The other thing that I like about levels of completeness is it deals mm-hmm. with a behavioral um, a, a a behavioral heuristic that 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 kills us. It it's the sunken cost theory. It's spilt milk. Mm-hmm. Right. So what if, who's your favorite basketball team? Your, basketball is your favorite sport, right, Jess? Basketball is my favorite sport. So, um, college basketball. So the Kentucky Wildcats okay. are my favorite basketball team. So, so, so let's just say that, um, let, let, let's say that like, so if I had courtside tickets for the Kentucky Wildcats, mm-hmm. would you want to go? Yeah. Um, they're playing and they're playing Louisville. It's Kentucky Louisville. Well, yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. So let, let's say that turns out that 
there's like major storms. It is ugly, angry hurricane spanning the entire Southeast from San Antonio through Kentucky to the East coast. Yeah. And, and I, and I call you up and say, Hey Jess, I got, I got tickets for you to go. I got, I got some extra tickets courtside for Kentucky. Um, and Oh, by the way, I've got the flight for you and everything. Do you want to go? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to bet you don't want to go. I'm going to bet you're going to be like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's, and I realize I've given you like the ultimate, but you're probably not going to go. Right. There's, there's danger of getting there. There are you, are you telling me now you're, you're still going to go? I think, I think you're wrong. <laughs> okay, fine. So, so it's, it's Kentucky playing St. Bonaventure. Okay. Then I'm not going to go. <laughs> okay. So Kentucky St. Bonaventure. Now, what if you had bought for whatever reason there, you had access to courtside tickets. So even though it was Kentucky St. Bonaventure, you still went ahead, you bought the air tickets, you bought the hotel, yeah. you bought the courtside tickets. And now yep. there's major, major storms. Yeah. All that dangerous, et cetera. Are you, are you more likely to go? Less likely to go? More likely. Go. You're more far likely more likely to go. to go, right? Yeah. Why? Why? Why if I give you the tickets, you won't go. But if you bought I the tickets paid... three months earlier, right. Cause you paid. Cause I've got skin right? in the game. Cause well, <laughs> but, but you know what? You don't have any more skin in the game. Now the money's gone. Whether you go or don't go, the money's gone, right? Fair, yeah. Right now, I by the way, I get it. I I'm like, well, wait, oh, wait, I already bought the tickets. How can I not go? Yeah, right. I mean, I dealt with that when when my kids got older, and all of a sudden, I didn't have four people to go to every Nats game that I had, you know, a partial season <laughs> ticket planned for. And I'm like, um, wait, I well, somebody has to go. I, I remember, I remember, <laughs> I finally got to the point where. Like I was, I spent like half of a day trying to get a hold of people who wants to go. And I ended up giving the tickets to somebody that I, I didn't particularly like. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. Now I just even, I just made my experience worse. Yep. I, I thought about it. And I'm like, wait, I would have rather had an empty seat. Cause at least I could have not felt crowded. So anyways, right. That's the sunken cost theory. So, so yep. that, that's another example of tech debt. Right. We're being held back by the decisions that we made previously. Yeah. Right. And so when you think about it through this levels of complete, mm-hmm. what you get to do is you get to make the next decision. Right. Every time, if you're playing um, Texas Hold'em, every round, new decisions get made. Good yep. poker players say, guess what? My decision before has means nothing. Shitty poker players. If, if you're in, you're in, right? And yep. that's that's another element that leads to um, the devastating consequences of, of, of tech debt. Um, so we talked about guiding policy. We talked about levels of complete. What are what are some other things you steps you can take to reduce tech debt? Try to control your tech debt. So this is probably the place where the world has caught up to to my philosophy more than any anywhere else where I've always felt this way, but you couldn't do it. So I, I look mm-hmm. at everything through the lens of custom or configured. Okay. So here's the best example of configured Legos. Yep. I can build anything. If you give me enough Legos. Yep. Right. Yeah. Is it going to be ideal and perfect? And no, 
if I want that, then I'm going to build, so like I can build a model B-52 bomber with Legos. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or I could buy a model airplane, B-52, model B-52 airplane. Now the model B-52 airplane, is going to be intricate. It's going to be specific. It's going to look right. It's going to be dimensionally correct. It's going to have perfect curves if I've spent enough, right? That's custom, right? Yeah. Because what can I do with that B-52 model airplane kit? I can build a model B-52. I can't do anything else. Right. Right. With Legos, I can build that. And then I can go, eh, I don't, I don't like B-52 anymore. I want to build Hogwarts. Right? Yep. I, I don't want to build Hogwarts, but someone told me that I wanted to do that one. Right. And, and, and so what, what configurability does is it lets me take predominantly pre-existing things, modular things that can be used in different ways to pull those things together. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're always making a, 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 a custom or configure decision, right? Do I build it internally? Do I buy it? Do I license it? Yep. Um, you know, we had a debate. Um, I was just thinking know, about this. <laughs> custom integration or iPass. That 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 is customer configure. Yeah. And and so I think custom matters mm -hmm. in those critical, critical, critical areas that are at the core of your uniqueness. They are the things that are the difference between success and failure. Yep. Now, now, by the way, I will tell you that especially in today's world, more of that custom, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be physically custom, right? It can be an idea. Like the way we apply what we do is custom. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, here, here's a funny thing. I, I, think, I think it's safe to say that we have probably one of the most advanced implementations of HubSpot in, uh, for how we're using it, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have a piece of custom code in our no. implementation. We don't have everything that we're doing is configured. And, and, and so that, you know, our custom is, is, is how we're bringing these things together, how we're applying it, et cetera, right? That, that minimizes tech deck because we can change it. By the way, if we decide, oh, wait, we've got to make a big turn. Yes, that's going to have tech debt, but, but we're going to be able to adjust at a lower cost. We're going to be able to get things back up faster, et cetera. So what you got to do is you've got to look and say, okay, if we're going to build this, if we're going to, if we're going to custom this, because that's really where custom, that's really where tech debt comes in and hits. Um, by the way, if we were to change our, um, our service model now, mm -hmm. if we were to decide our service model doesn't work, yep, we would be facing a big dose of tech debt. And the reason we'd be facing a big dose of tech debt is it's not just changing the org chart. It's yeah. not just changing the, the delivery team. I, I, I would say at this point, if we were going to make a radical change to, to our service model, we would probably have to replace 80% of the people here. Not because they couldn't work in another environment, but because they've been conditioned yeah. You know, think about now we didn't jump to this service model in one big step. We no. iterated and here and here and here. Right. And and, and yep. by the way, if we ended up in a completely different service model, the way we would end up getting there is probably 
iterate. The way we got and, here. You know, we'd look back yeah. and we'd go, oh, wait, we're all of a sudden doing it very, very differently. But but again, right. but that is an example of of intangible tech debt, right? We've, we've you know, that, that culture, your structure, your approach, you can't just say, all right, everybody. It, it, it's why we do less and less guided implementations. It's why yeah. we do less on, on, on the lower end, because I can't be working with you all the time, talking to you about how you need to see the problem that doesn't exist, understand the 13 different, yep. and then say, okay, now on this instance, don't do that. <laughs> right. Right. So, right. so that's, that's our custom. Yeah. Right. And so what I would say is that you're always making the custom versus configuration decision and how you manage that decision is going to have a huge impact on your ability to mitigate tech debt. And, and if you're going to go custom, have, I, I would configure, I, I would configure some, some completes before I went all in custom. It's, it's a reason that, you know, we built the, we built the easy sync product. Yeah. Right. Is people want to jump right to custom integration, right to full integration before they've even learned what the change in, in their CRM is going to cause. And yep. Right. And, and so just as they're learning things, we're restricted by what was done before. But if we simplify it to what do we need right now? And, 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 and let's remember, we don't have anything. Yeah. Right? So what do we need? And, Oh, well, let's do this. Yep. Right. Let's configure this, get through, see some examples. It, this, it falls into the, if you can't do it manually, you can't automate it. And, yeah, and that's and, an example of what leads to a lot of tech debt is, is you skip that learning step. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's slowing down to speed up. I mean, so we've got a, we've got a big implementation that we're working on with, with several groups we're rolling out and we've actually made the decision to hold on some of the higher level enablement tools. Cause we realized, okay, we've got to get them in and using the thing before we can have them using some of the more advanced tools that's actually going to get us that adoption and then using those tools faster. So, so the funny thing is, mm -hmm. I, I think if we were having this conversation 12, 18 months ago, I wouldn't be saying anything right now. I think what <laughs> I just said is actually not slowing down to speed up. It's actually okay. speeding up to speed up. How so? Think about the places where they skip that step, where they go all in when. Yeah. That actually slow, like, what, what happens on those implementations? It, it wreaks havoc. It slows things down. It slows down adoption. And, and there's no corresponding learning benefit to it. Yeah, I guess the way that I view it, and I, I, the way I view it is slowing down to speed up. Like, like you skip that step, you're now here, and then you want to fix that. So then you go it, here and you it, put Band-Aids on it, and it, the whole thing just breaks it, apart. It would... So I would have said slow down to speed up because because of that, right? And so theoretically, mm -hmm. like if the custom integration worked the way that you thought it would work theoretically, yeah, it would be a slowing down to speed up. But mm -hmm. we've gone through this enough times now, and we've seen yeah. the difference that that in reality, you know, it ends up being the reason that implementations get delayed. It ends up being the reason it, that true. users that can't fully true. use the system. It ends up being the reason that the first use, the first complete of using the system is more complicated, therefore harder to learn. Yeah. So, so to get into that next, this is why we say always be launching. Yeah. Right. If you're launching your CRM three to four times per year, what you're going to find is you're not going to have that much tech debt because you're never making that big of a change at any given time 
where where you're being fully held up by right? yeah and 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 when that tech debt does begin to emerge mm-hmm. and you've got an always be launching three zones of execution mindset the signs of that tech debt start showing early so you start planning for it and now you now you mitigate the impact yep. and the cost of tech debt and this is yep. both with technology and with soft technology and and the other piece I'll add on that is how many times have we have we done that and then and then they end up wanting to revert because we realize oh and and now we're spending the time kind of taking that step back and and you end up where you were you know weeks weeks ago months ago actually I think you end up worse than that because it's kind of like you know if I pull this organ out it never goes back to where it was <laughs> That's that, that's true. That is very true. Yeah. Right. So, so there's, there's a, and again, this is why, you know, this is why levels of completeness is, is. Yep. You know, yep. you're not going to change your place for 12 to 18 months anyways. If you yeah. want to do anything that matters, it's going to take 12 to 18 months for it to have its impact. Yep. So why are you trying to do it in one step? <laughs> I agree. I, I'm laughing because I'm living this right now with 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 some some of our customers. I, I get I get why you yeah. don't want to. I get why it makes sense. Like you don't think you're doing this. I, I but I mean there, there there's a reason that seventy percent of CRM implementations are not considered successful. There's a reason that that shelfware is a term. There's a reason that tech debt is a term. There's a reason yep. that that everybody doesn't you know, there's a reason that people are spending more money on technology for the purposes of lowering their costs only to see their costs increase. Yep. Yep. Um, cool. I have some, some takeaways. So, uh, limitations and constraints drive creativity and innovation. I really think that that's a good point. We don't, we don't talk about that or think about that in relation to the things RevOps does, or, you know, we're talking about CRM implementations and it's so true. Um, think about levels of complete. We hit on that several times and that's really how I'm thinking about things these days. Um, configured versus custom, that's going to have a huge impact on how you mitigate tech debt, that choice between configured and custom. And then overall, if there's not a guiding policy, you're going to have a lot of tech debt. You need to have a guiding policy to guide those decisions that you're making around your technology. And the guiding policy needs to be based on a diagnosis of the problem. Yep. And not, yep. not like the, not the specific problem, the guy, the diagnosis of, of the organization, where is the organization coming? By the way, it's a, you're not optimizing a, a pipe. You're not optimizing a specific point. Like you're not optimizing um, conversion for lack of a better word. You're, you're optimizing the business, right? Yep. You, you're, you're optimizing the whole. And, and we have to understand that in complex systems, optim- optimizing the individual actually creates havoc on the whole more often than it doesn't. Yep. I think that, that wrapped us up nicely. That wraps us Doug, up. There's, there's, there's nothing else. There's no other, there's no song. No, no song. There's no, no joke gotta... at this point. No, what are you looking forward to? Just what are you looking <laughs> most forward to for Inbound next week? Looking forward to seeing you, Doug. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go in a different place. I thought you were looking forward 
to the new lift swag. I am looking reminding forward to the new you, lift swag. Reminding you and everybody else listening to the show, just say no to shitty rebels. Until next time. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. If you are interested in reading more or learning more about the topic of tech debt, we do have a blog on the four questions to gauge if tech debt is a hidden cost. You can find the link in the show notes on our website. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen to us. We'd also appreciate a review and or sharing the episode. We love reading what you all have to say about the show. And if you have any questions you'd like to ask Doug or Jess about technical debt, aka tech debt, email me at hannahatliftenablement.com or hit us up on formerly Twitter, now X, at demandcreator. And until next time, just say no to shitty RevOps.